0: You're listening to Portfolio Builders, a WealthCap Holdings podcast about long-term wealth building and financial independence. Here are your hosts, Chris Evans and Taylor Welch. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Portfolio Builders podcast from WealthCap Holdings. Here with your hosts, Chris Evans and Taylor Welch. What is up, sir? Lil Tay is back to play. Lil Tay is back to play in his orange little hood day. My rhymes cannot be beat, man. I'm pretty sure cannot I'd be, be yours. beat. All right, episode number two. What are we discussing? What are we discussing today? Unbelievable. <laughs> just edit uh, that part out.
1: Welcome, welcome back. We are not editing that out, bro. People okay. need to see the real you. Uh, so, actually, you, Ray Dalio just showed up and gave a speech. I listened to this on a podcast, and he was talking to a bunch of investors and. He said, now is the worst time ever to have cash. Ever. Mm. And that was interesting to me because we are at what most people think is the top of the market. This is indicative of how investors, rich investors, think. Uh, cash is not a safe <clears throat> asset to have. And I think it's interesting because me and you, when we got started, all we wanted was cash on hand. And we grew up not, not poor, we weren't starving. But we did not grow up with a lot. And as soon as we got a little bit of it, we wanted to stockpile as much as we could. And it took us a long time. And it took us a lot of study, actually, to really learn the language of money, the rules of finance, to realize that having so much cash that's not working for you is a terrifying problem to have. So I thought we could just talk about a little bit of the history of money, where we got some of these ideas, and then hop into the opportunity cost And ultimately, why we got invested in the first
0: place. And it should give people a good insight into the real risks of cash on hand. You know what's mind-boggling is what we've discovered and learned over the last four years building our businesses, talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, um, and just realizing that they don't teach this stuff in school. Did you learn about the Fed
1: in school? Did you learn about? Nope. I didn't even. Nobody taught me how to budget in school. Like, I learned, like, the capital of Russia, <laughs> which is, like, not making – it hasn't made me any money.
0: Learned calculus. Yeah. But nobody yeah. talked to us about the Fed, about inflation, about, dude, even balancing the checkbook, about budgeting. Like, it's just insanity. So, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people have carried over that la- lack of knowledge and um, – you know, into their business. And I think it's it's really harmed a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, people who have even worked years and years, maybe in corporate, and they have a lot of money in accounts that aren't really doing anything for them. So I think it's, it's a great opportunity for us to discuss this stuff, some of our learning lessons that people can take away and hopefully be more educated at the end of this podcast than when they first got here. So you want to just jump into some of the history of money real quick? Yeah, let's let's hop into it. And it really
1: is all like becoming wealthy. Yeah, people can get rich in the short term. Becoming wealthy is an education thing. Mm-hmm. The, you have to pick up financial intelligence. I heard somebody say one time, if you want to be able to be picked up and dropped off in China, you need to learn to speak Chinese. You're not going to be able to get anywhere if you can't speak the language. And people don't—they don't know the language of money. They don't know the language of investing. And so, it is, is it any wonder that people end up spinning out, burning out? Getting to the end of their lives, not having enough re- retirement. This is an epidemic today. Mm-hmm.
0: You
1: yeah. Know? So let we can go back a little bit because uh, to understand money, we need to understand where it came from. And money today is not actually real. What? Shock and awe. Uh, it's it's actually known. It's the real term is fiat money. Now a while ago, the the government took the U.S. dollar off of the gold standard. Back in the day, money actually was worth something. And uh, according to the Constitution, we actually are—it's—it's it's illegal to basically print money that is not tied against something. But you know, the Federal Reserve—you can get into that. You can study it all you want. It is a rabbit hole. Just be forewarned if you're an entrepreneur and. You make a good income. You don't necessarily need to study it. You can just connect and partner with people who understand it. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> let's say that we have a hundred dollar bills in the entire world. Okay, a hundred dollar bills in the entire world. There's only a hundred. All right, you got that math? Hundred dollar bills. And let's say that your yearly salary is one dollar per year. You with me? Yeah. So according to how many dollars are in the world today? Um, There's way more than 100, obviously, but I just want to use simple numbers so people can understand the math. So you make a dollar per year. There's $100 bills in the world. And let's say that a house costs you $1 to buy, okay, which is one year's salary and 1% of the world's total supply of dollar bills. Are you with me so far? Yes. Okay. If the dollar bill was attached to gold, we would not be able to change the supply of dollar bills – Because it's attached to real value, real things, right? It's tangible. In fact, it's tangible. You can touch it, and there's nobody who can just arbitrarily go print more money. But when we took the dollar off the gold standard, which, by the way, we've done it three times in the history of the United States, the only time we had positive surplus, government surplus, like, can't even imagine as a thing today. Like, we're trillions of dollars in debt. But if, if you can imagine, we had... Positive government profit. It were the times that we were on a, basically a precious metals attachment. So there was no fiat money. Anyways, $100, you make $1 per year and a house is $1. Let's say the government decides to print 900 more dollar bills, bringing the total world supply to a thousand single dollar bills. This is inflation. Okay, this is inflation because the house that used to cost a dollar, the same house, same value, same same economic standard now costs ten dollars. Right. Yep. And what we do, this is why inflation hurts so much is because the value of that dollar bill just got cut by, you know, a lot of money. And so now the same house that cost a dollar a year ago now costs $10 and you might get a raise to $2 a year. So you've gone from being able to buy a house with one year salary to buying a house with five year salary. You know, I think there's a statistic out there somewhere, but the average American is something like 30 years of working to afford a house and that number is going up Mm. because of inflation. The pay that people are collecting is not keeping up with the amount of money That the government is creating so that's a bird's eye view of inflation every single year if you have a hundred dollars the value of that hundred dollars in terms of buying power it's not that it's not that the money is actually less money it's that that doesn't buy the same thing so you have to understand buying power that's what inflation is doing and you got to understand too you want to keep your money into assets that inflate with inflation if that makes sense yep Imagine if you if you didn't get paid $1 per year, but you got paid one house per year. And then all of a sudden, the government printed Ooh. $900 bills. All of a sudden, you are making a lot more money because you are in an asset that is appreciating with inflation. Riding right the wave. So this is very math speak. So I can imagine people's eyes glazing over right now. But it's deadly and it's lethal. And you do not wanna be the person that has all of your assets, liquid cash in a Bank of America (laughs) account, losing two to 3% per year. So what are some of the things that Dalio is saying about keeping cash and not keeping cash? Well, Dalio is a commodities investor. So he figured out years and years and years ago, how to basically, he built algorithms to track the markets. And he's a global economy guy. And so when the price of a commodity decreases somewhere else, it's going to take some time for that to transfer through the United States, and if you can have the algorithms that can triangulate everything, it's very complicated, in my opinion, very confusing. But he's very good at it, and he's been good at it for many, many years. Uh, he's a, he's been able to take a dollar and turn it into a, a buck ninety for twenty years. Yeah, you know, which is a, a significant in return on investment. But here's the thing: Ray Dalio actually recorded their first losses in twenty nineteen the market's changing. Commodities are changing. The way that people, you know, view different investment vehicles is definitely changing. The reason that I like real estate so much is because it is just it's bound by supply and demand. If you're investing in corn, well you can have four new farmers come in and all of a sudden the supply of corn goes way up and so what happens to the price of corn? It goes down. Right. But it's very difficult to do that with real estate until Elon Musk gets us to Mars. Long live Elon. Then there's more <laughs> real estate that we can Farm out. But here's the thing: if you have a two to three percent annual inflation rate and you know your money is decreasing in value by two to three percent a year, you should put every extra scrap of cash you can into pieces of property assets that are going to grow every year. Yeah. That way, when 10 years from now, you stack up two to three percent a year for 10 years, that's 30 percent. You have no dip in buying power because your houses can be liquidated, they can be collateralized. You're getting income from them, and we'll go through this in a second. The math underneath, if you want to, but the um, if you put a hundred grand into real estate over ten years, that hundred grand will end up turning into three hundred and seventy grand versus keeping it in a bank account. That hundred grand turns into seventy seven thousand. Yep.
0: Wow. So maybe we should talk about the math there, Uh, but. Well, real quick, I think people would just like simply if you have cash sitting in an account that not is not is not producing probably at least, you know, some people say inflation is 2 to 3%. I hear other economists say that it's actually more, right? So you have that issue. So you have dead money if you have it sitting in the account. It's it's dead money. Like you're actually losing yeah. money, okay? All the hard work that you've put in over the years in your business, in corporate whatever, you are losing money right now by having it sit in a non-producing growth-oriented account. So you must realize that right now and that is very, very important for you to be strategic in putting your money to work for you. Right? You don't want your money dead. You don't want your money sleeping, losing all the hard work that you put no. in. So that's one of the reasons why we are, are, are actively investing uh, into real estate, because it is a machine, it's a mechanism to help us beat inflation. Help us beat yeah. inflation. Now, one thing that's important is, just real quick on this, this is, I I, I just want to say that it's inflation and the printing of money is strategic by the government. Because think about the debt that they're running out, they're running up, now they owe less, All right? So they're going to keep printing money. Which means that your money is going to continue to decline in value, so that's why you want your money in tangible assets. And that's why we're doing this. Um, I've never heard that
1: before. So that's a debt—that's a debt paydown strategy for them. Yep. Oh
0: my gosh, where did you read that? I don't know, man. Maybe one of the Agora are you guys. a genius? I came up with that all by myself. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but we talk to sense. guys who have mil- like millions of dollars just sitting in a checking account. Yeah, it's, it's silly. Like, oh my gosh. Okay, not only that, bro. What about taxes? You were being robbed blind. Inflation <laughs> and taxes. You're being robbed blind.
1: Oh my gosh. It's true. It's it's so true. It's so true. Okay, Um. so anyways. <laughs> and it's legal. Back... I feel like I need a back to like it, Jim Cramer. Back, back to ahead, it, bro. Sorry, so, sorry. okay, so um, inflation. We know inflation is bad, but let's also talk about um, income. Mm-hmm. So, me and you, we've worked really hard for our money mm-hmm. over the years. We've uh, we've grown old together, trying to make a lot of money. No, I'm just kidding. Yep. We're young. We are young, young pups. Bucks. But here's the thing: we'll have our income replaced in the next 15-18 months from passive investments. So, let's just take $100,000. Let's say somebody's like, "You know what? I have $100,000. I'd like to invest it into real estate. 100k is not that much." And in fact, I would say that could be a good starting point, but really um, let's talk offline about increasing your income as well. Mm-hmm. But anyways, $100,000, let's say you leave it in an account, Bank of America or Chase whatever, Mm -hmm. and uh, it earns you negative returns for 10 years. That 100 k will be the equivalent of $77,632 in 10 years based on the 2019 (coughs) inflation rate, which is 2.05%. All right? Oops. Mm. Not good. So if you've got millions in an account, you're not doing anything with it because you don't know what to do, you're stupid. Grow up. Like partner with somebody who can actually take that money to the next level. Chris is not going to call you stupid, but I will. Now you're being stupid. You're being stupid. You are a pawn for the government to use.
0: You are a small dog
1: and I'm a big dog. Let's go.
0: <laughs> all right, so, so you go, can, man. Can I just can I throw some in here? All right. So, yeah. you know, in the crash of 08, uh, basically there are a lot of crooks that didn't go to jail, all right? And you got to you got to wonder why is that the case? So here's the deal, mm. right? We've talked about the government. We talked about inflation taxes. What about the banks and how they're leveraging oh, your money? 10 to one. You look at the fine print. You, you go and look at all these big banks. Look at the fine print and how much liquidity yeah. that they have. So what does that mean? That means the actual money that they have on the books, right? If there was a run on the bank, they would have no money to pay everybody back. Because what are they doing? You're not getting it. What are they doing with your money, my friend? They're taking loaning your it. money and they're loaning it out. And they are getting absolutely loaded rich on so your So this money. doesn't
1: mean that you should, you should take your money and bury it in the backyard. This means you should flip that script and you should start mi- using the banks. Yes, sir. Use them instead of letting them use yes, you. You sir. should use them to start purchasing your assets. And you know what people do in a financial crisis? Every time we've hit a serious recession, the liquidation standards that the Fed sets for banks... Lower. Mm. They lower the same thing that caused the recessions. They do more of it. Anyways, $100,000, let's say you put that into real estate. You you use the banks rather than letting the banks use you. They're going to write you mortgages on these properties. You're going to be able to take that $100,000. You're going to be able to buy properties with it with leverage, which we'll talk about later in the show. And in 10 years, your properties will likely be worth combined five hundred and thirty dollars to $540,000. You'll likely owe $260,000 on those. So you'll have a positive growth, if we're talking about net worth, of $270,000 in equity. <clears throat> so you're 100K, 10 years, boom, that instantly turns into $270,000 in equity. But you also get cash flow with properties. You're gonna have $150,000 yes. in cash over the next 10 years. So look at this: two hundred seventy plus hundred and fifty. It's three hundred seventy thousand dollars that you're going to have access to. Actually, a little bit more, and then we have to subtract out that hundred. It's a hundred thousand dollars turning into three hundred seventy thousand versus a hundred thousand dollars turning into seventy-seven six thirty-two.
0: Yep. Plus, you know, this doesn't even account for um, the tax benefits, right? If you're an entrepreneur, you're paying at least twenty-one percent. Thirty-five percent, forty percent. If you live in California, probably like eighty percent of taxes. Right? Yeah. You you start to compound this, and it's just a no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer. So of course, you know we're looking at all these different things we're talking about: beating inflation, cash flow, um, just the different ways that we've talked about uh, that you know the, the debt pay down. But you know another big thing for me as a family man, and I'm, I know for you as well, is, is legacy yeah legacy you know what happens if if you know I am gone in ten years, fifteen years, um my family is taken care of you know i have I've built tangible assets for my family, my children, my grandchildren that we can continue to build a generational wealth and sustainability. and again, you know one of our talks that we we really talk about in our business is being at a place of impact when you have so much abundance that you have so much to give, right? And this is a big part of why we're doing this. Um, It's taking the wisdom, the knowledge, the things we discovered in business, entrepreneurship, um, and really start to build that value momentum into long-term legacy. Value momentum into long-term legacy. So if you're listening to this and you're, man, you're just, maybe you're getting some revelation. Maybe we're just getting some aha moments. I would highly encourage you to, to go back, listen to this again, go grab the, the book, slash book. It's a free book that we have. I actually don't know how long we're going to have it for free because it's, it's a good book. It's really good. Great feedback. But um, yeah, what else do you want to add to this? Just the last thing
1: that I'll, I, I figure we could share some numbers that are actually real. And then we can go into the next episode, which is we're going to start talking about the biggest risks that we see when people get into real estate. Yeah. But we have one LLC right now. And the way we do our investments is we split the LLCs up based on portfolio value. And so we don't have $100 million in one LLC because that'd be silly. And that would not be prudent. Uh, we could talk about how to do that if you want to talk offline. But we have one LLC right now that has about $3 million in it in, in terms of portfolio value. OK, that $3 million costs us around 500 510 in cash. Over the next 10 years, that $510,000 in cash will make us $2.2 million Mm. over the next 10 years. I'm telling you, bro, there is no way to compete with those kinds of returns in any other investment vehicle in a way that is safe, where you're not going to lose your shirt. You're not going to lose everything. Because when you get into these fixed mortgages, you're using banks to put money in your pocket, and they are legally bound to not change the terms Mm -hmm. of a fixed mortgage unless you miss a payment. So we can talk about that later, but just imagine that every half a million dollars that you have turns into almost two and a half million dollars every decade. Yeah, And multiply that out by you know, whatever your income goals are, it becomes really significant over
0: time. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, if you're listening to this, you're like, man, I've got a bunch of money sitting in the account. I don't know what to do with it, guys. Um, I'm really interested in what you're doing with real estate stuff. We have a few options that might fit you um, if you're looking at. Putting your money to work for you to make your money, active money, uh, reach out, go to wealthcapholdings.com slash chat, wealthcapholdings.com slash chat, and um let's just see where you are. And if if there's any way we can help you, we'd be happy to do that. So anything else, my friend? That
1: is good stuff right there, bro. All right. Next we're talking about the first big risk in real estate. Tune in. It'll be a little bit of a shorter one. We're gonna we're gonna burn through these risks and then we got some interviews coming up. You're gonna like it. Beautiful.
0: Thanks for listening discover how you can start building wealth with real estate even without experience in our free book why real estate and how to get started by visiting wealthcapholdings.com book that's wealthcapholdings.com book.